You're listening to the Movie Crew Podcast. Tonight, we talk about Robert Aldrich's The Dirty Dozen. You no trouble. Me, fifth element. You will be a weapon. You will be a minister of death, praying for war. But until that day, you are cute. Sound off like you got a pair. Welcome to the podcast. We're your host. I'm editor Brian Elkins. With me here tonight, cinematographer Jared Kellen. How you doing, Brian? I am good. You guys ready to drill? You ready <laughs> yeah. for your training? We're gonna be really sloppy at the beginning until you like really threaten us, and then we'll get. Our I shot. refuse to shave. <laughs> Obviously, build the camp. <laughs> we also have with us director of photography Mike Griggs. Oh hey, hi hi, and we have costume designer Kristen Jones. Hello, hello. Hello, and here we are talking The Dirty Dozen from 1967. Have you guys seen this before? It came out before the 80s, Brian. Obviously, I haven't. <sighs> okay, thrice this week I have referred to this movie as every dad's favorite movie because I feel like every friend that I knew, this was their dad's favorite movie, and they're like, oh yeah, I've seen that movie like a thousand times with my dad. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure my dad has watched this movie, but I don't remember ever having seen it before. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we had this movie, but I don't think I ever watched it. Why would you? Right, right exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that boring <laughs> World War II old man movie. Uh, yeah, I mean, I was just happy that it wasn't color, you know? I was like, holy oh. shit, thank you. <laughs> Thank I mean, for that. real talk, I thought this was a Western, <laughs> and so going into it, I was like, why is everything green? I'm confused. <laughs> Wait, you, thought it, you thought it was a Western? I thought in my head it was a different movie, probably more like The Magnificent Seven or some shit. Like uh, oh, mm. all right. Okay. I, I get yeah. you now. There's yeah. numbers. There's a qualifying word. You know, it all. it's basically the same movie. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Fair enough. Well, I guess all this was in response to the lack of 60s cinema that we have mm. done on the podcast. Well, you know, we got to start somewhere. <laughs> Brian called us uncultured swines and said that we need some good book learning and uh, started throwing uh, these movies at us. So. That's, uh, that's the gentle radio way to describe how that conversation went. <laughs> Come on, it, was, it wasn't that bad, all right? Come on. <laughs> no, it wasn't that bad. Nobody got a rash. This is why we appreciate you, Brian. You, you, you class up the whole fucking joint. It's true, and, you, and your recommendations are always pretty spot on. 
I really liked this movie. I thought it was very entertaining. It's a little long. Uh, it was long, but it's entertaining. Shit. You know, yeah. I think movie, I think movies back in the day had to be long because you know they didn't know any better, and it was kind of like an event, right? You know, so we're going to the movies, so we got to feel like we get our money's worth. Yeah, so we got we got to sit there for at least three hours. You know. <laughs> God, this movie is so long. I feel like they could have cut out twenty minutes and you wouldn't have noticed. But they didn't have they to cut they, out more than that. And they didn't have to remove <laughs> anything. All they had to do was like no. shorten some of the fucking cutaways because they're like, "There's twelve people. We got to show like eight cutaways." Here's his reaction. No, Here's that's how reaction. they. That, Here's no. his reaction. <laughs> you know, Here's I, his reaction to his reaction. I like the I like the use of everybody at the beginning for like the little opening credit scene. Everybody's like face, yeah, you know, and, and then then you then dope. you're getting their that. sentence. You know, where we're getting yeah. all this exposition yeah. as we build this. Oh, I didn't like that. I was like, am I supposed to remember this? Do I need to be taking notes? Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, are they not I'm... introducing characters in the story? Like, like what no, no, is you, you, you get it all right now, Kristen. You got to keep up. <laughs> yeah. We're starting here. Now let's go. <laughs> that set the tone for the whole thing, though, because I was like, oh, I don't have to remember any of this because clearly it's not going to matter. It's going to be like, he's the psycho. He's the weird guy. He's the one who's goofy. Got it. Cool. We're meeting the seven dwarfs plus a few. Oh, there were like six people in that lineup that you could really just fucking redshirt out of the world. Oh, 100%. And be like, you know, yeah. like yeah. they just don't matter at all, you know. <laughs> and especially what the one guy who dies when they parachute in, I'm like, wait, who was that? Yeah, I had to, yeah. I had to like they, pull they up so and so IMDb. Died. And like, I, was I was like, oh, it was that guy. No like, idea. <laughs> no idea. Guys, one of the, one of the it was the guitar dude. <laughs> oh, yeah. was it really? Yeah, it was the guy that was playing yeah. the guitar that they were worried he was going to hang himself oh, in his. Wow. Uh, they were worried he was so. going to hang himself, and in the end, he died in a tree regardless. He, oh, he, he, he was hanged. Well, wow. the reason like that's that. so abrupt is because that uh, the actor actually quit production. Oh, wow. So really? they wrote him out of the movie. That's yeah, he was a famous good. singer. I'm not familiar with him. Um, and I guess he was like, uh, his agent was like, look, man, if you, if you disappear while, while you're making this movie for X amount of weeks, the public's going to forget about you. You've got to put out another hit. So he's oh, like, wow. oh, shit, and he, he, he just quit. He did the opposite of the football player. Yeah, Jim Brown. Yeah, exactly. Wow, that's crazy. You're right. Yeah, he did. Wait, who is Jim Brown? The, yeah, he was a football player, and they were like, you can't do this movie if you want a football career. And so he held a press conference and was like, guess what, guys? <laughs> Quit football. <laughs> I'm going to the movies. Wow. He had a good career, too. Did he really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. they regretted it. They regretted making him give the ultimatum. They were like, we really should have not done that. Damn. Who did he play for? The Browns. Jim Brown from the Browns. <laughs> that's, the, that's the only reason I remember it. Because I am not a sports guy. But he had some record. I, again, I'm not a sports guy. I don't he know what the really record good, was. really good, according to Wikipedia. I don't remember like what awards or whatever he won. But, but was he, he was ever like, OJ good? <laughs> like, did, did he, he kill, kill his wife? People? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he did. yeah, yeah. I don't think he was if that we're talking good. about football stars who have transitioned he, he their get career away with more famous. <laughs> Which one was more famous? <laughs> Well, now I think, I think Jim Brown had a better acting career than OJ did. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's yeah. interesting. That's interesting. I got okay. I got to look him up, bro. He was in a lot of movies that you've seen. You just didn't realize it. I was born after 1980, Jared. Uh, I'm telling you, a lot after 1980. Yeah, I know you've seen Small Soldiers. Oh shit! I Mars Attacks. Forever. Yeah. I, you know he he was that guy. No, <laughs> that guy. He was the Martian. <laughs> Jim Brown has all the Martians. <laughs> <laughs> no, he, Andy Serkis does it in Lord of the Rings. Like, what difference does it make? Oh man, no, he's uh, <laughs> what is he in Mars Attacks? He's like the uh, the the boxer that's now like uh, greeting people at the the Vegas uh, casino. Yeah, it says Byron he just Williams. died like a week ago. 
Wait, really? May 18th, 2023. What? Holy shit. Oh, my God. This, this podcast is dedicated to Jim Brown. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> holy shit. Damn, I feel like I, we need to look up everybody else now that was in this movie. Holy crap. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> we can't plan to do any more podcasts. People are going to start dying. <laughs> <laughs> he was old, though. He was born in 1936. I think he did pretty well. Yeah, yeah no kidding. Yeah, no, that, that just kind of blindsided me a little bit. No, that's a different movie, Brian. Uh, also about football, though. Yeah. <laughs> Any given Sunday, he got game, Mars Attacks. Yeah, this dude's done a fuck ton of movies. My God. 58 titles on his IMDb. He said, peace out, football. It was a good gamble. I don't know if it was a good gamble, man. You, you got to think he's probably making more as a football player, right? Yeah, but like, how long can you... Be you a can't football play player. Football yeah, that yeah. Long. And plus, the yeah. risk of injury is really high. Mm-hmm. And it's it's not like a right, you know, it's not like you twist your ankle. Like it's like usually head injuries and stuff. Exactly. So. A lot of those dudes got serious concussions. And I saw that Will Smith documentary. I didn't see the documentary. I, I saw the movie though. <laughs> that was the joke. That was the joke, Brian. <laughs> is he going around giving people concussions by smacking them? <laughs> is he going around smacking them? <laughs> <laughs> concussion. <laughs> Will Smith, the documentary. <laughs> Chris Rock. <laughs> Chris Rock gets up on stage and he's like, guys, I can't remember my joke. Uh. <laughs> and he says Jada again and he gets smacked again <laughs> because he can't remember. He just, he's like, what I tell you? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. I still can't believe that happened. Uh, it's still so funny to make fun of, too. I, I think it's fake. I think it was put on. I don't know. <laughs> the, the oh, and the dress was blue, huh, Jared? Yeah, yeah exactly. Well, the dress was blue, uh, Mike. <laughs> We're just <laughs> answering one internet meme with another. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The dress was blue and black. But. That's what I saw. Damn it, Will Smith got us off topic. <laughs> Again. Uh, I'd be impressed by how you edit this tomorrow, Brian. No, he's going to let it roll because yeah. it's just it's just natural flow of things. Um, True. The beginning of this movie, uh, Brian, did, did the headroom issues bother you at all? Yeah, what the fuck? Because I literally texted Jared. I was like, is this my copy? What's going on here? No, yeah. Are you but, talking about the but, opening credit part or are you talking about? No, 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 no. There's a bunch of shots where like motherfuckers heads are just cut off like right above their eyebrows. While they're they it's it's like a cowboy wide shot, but they're like let's just tilt down and not see their hair. Yeah, and it's even in close ups too, and, and most of it's in that uh, opening like boardroom meeting where uh, you know uh, they're getting the initial before we meet the dirty dozen. We actually get the exposition of, of of like what the military wants to happen. That whole scene when like Lee Marvin is in there talking. Anyways, bad, yeah, bad, I don't, bad. I don't remember bad headroom stuff, man, and it was bugging me. I even wrote it down, and then Mike texted me. I thought it was really funny. Uh, it, it, I don't remember. It gets better as as the as the movie goes. Decisions. Yeah. Well, they had one or two more later in in the movie too, which which makes me wonder if it wasn't actually like some sort of weird resizing thing just in that one scene, or if they just brought it back. There's a lot of odd camera stuff. Every time they go high with it, it's out of focus, and you know Mm. the the quality loses. If it's like a a bird's eye view, so I don't know if they're using a lesser camera, like a 16 mil, just yeah, something small. Yeah. Yeah. Who, Who knows? Like you know. But overall, the image is really is really clean. It it, it feels of its time, but it's, it, they do a really good job. Yeah, no, I did not notice any issues with the headroom. No, it, I mean, yeah, no, it, it felt good to me. Hmm. So some of the angles are, are jarring. How they cut to certain shots. Uh, <laughs> well, they'll, well, they'll go from like a medium straight into someone's close up, and the camera didn't move that much. It's like, oh, that's a little jarring. Yeah, yeah and they'll cut in and out yeah. really quickly. They'll do a quick, a quick like pop, pop, pop. You're like, oh, whoa, hold on. 
Yeah, but I don't, yeah. I don't remember. I don't know. I don't remember any headroom issues. Hmm. When you watch it next next week, it'll. it'll it maybe it. yeah. I don't know. Didn't didn't bother me. I remember like the low angle shots and the, the high angle shots, and some of those are out of place, and some of those feel real good though. Like when you're in with Jim Brown, uh, his cell fucking leave Marvin's coming to talk to him and giving him the whole plan yeah. and hiring him. Mm. There's a shot that's like uh, up above him that's like looking down through some bars. It's an overhead shot. Oh, and you can see yeah. the feet of someone sitting there. That was a great shot. They, they yeah. replicate yeah. that, that shot. shot a couple times. The exact yeah. framing with people's feet. They do that a few times throughout it, the movie. Yeah, I like that one a lot. Some of them like yeah. in that the boardroom with Ernest Borgnine giving him the rundown. There, yeah, there's like some low angles looking at leave Marvin that are, are kind of bizarre. It's of its time. You know, people still learning filmmaking here yeah no doubt i mean every, everything's way over lit you know especially yeah. for the nighttime stuff which is kind of funny it's, it's supposed to be like pitch black and you know the whole world is lit up you know but yeah, you, you, you see like the two or three different giant sources that they're like walking through yeah you yeah. see the same style as we have today it's you know but like we just kill that forward front light way more mm. but all, all their edge light and all that stuff's still there they're still lighting like when they're going through the trees and all that it, it looks it looks right it's just there's just way too much fill I don't yeah. know. I enjoy being able to see what's on the screen. <laughs> <laughs> but it's nighttime, Kristen. Where are those lights coming from? I don't care. Where are the people coming from? They're paid actors. Where are the lights coming from? They're paid, too. It's fine. <laughs> Very good points. <laughs> what you're saying is it's not real. I get it. Yeah, I get it. I get it. I get it. It's not real. Big Kristen just said, this is a comic book movie. I think that's what she uh, told us. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. That is what I heard. Yeah. Actually, that would be that would I wouldn't mind that. This could be redone. Yeah, I would enjoy that a lot. I mean, has a I don't think there's a comic book movie that has taken this formula. Train up. What are you talking about? Suicide Squad. Out. Like, are you are you not describing Suicide, Suicide, Suicide Squad? Squad? Or oh, sorry, the Suicide Squad. Oh, I guess, yeah, I guess Suicide Squad. That's so terrible, though. Yeah, I did just block that out of my, my fucking <laughs> we brain. We talking about, but it's the same. It's the same they thing. Did it. it is they the did same thing. Right? <laughs> Good movies, guys. Good movies. <laughs> and, uh, I think they were both kind of bad, weren't they? I don't know. The James Gunn was pretty yeah. terrible too. I don't remember, even remember that, except yeah. for the Starfish. Wasn't the Expendables like originally a comic book? No, it's I don't think so. Really like this movie, I think that was like a, a Sylvester Stallone idea. Yeah, yeah okay, it's like a fever sense. dream of his. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we lock arms with Arnold, but I mean, you can definitely see where Quentin Tarantino took. Fr- oh my God! Took Inglorious uh, Bastards, yeah. and yeah, yeah got some inspiration yeah. here. Where he got the inspiration for the Hateful Eight's name, you know? Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. a yeah. number and a qualifying word. And some yeah. saying it's not. It's not unique to this movie. <laughs> <laughs> we need an adjective plus a number. <laughs> Box office gold every time. It worked for Seven Samurai. They just, you know, switched the order because they're Japanese. Oh, yeah, that's true. That, that, that's, I guess that's got to be the first prototype of that. The, the band of uh, misfits that are put together mm, to yeah. overcome some ridiculously suicidal obstacle. Right, right. Because none of them have a reason to live if they don't do it. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I don't know. This is also a reason why I guess I, I kind of dislike Rogue One. You know, when Rogue One was coming out in the pro- promo materials, they always said, like, uh, yeah, this is like Dirty Dozen in space. That's what Rogue One is. Star Wars plus Dirty Dozen. They're together. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> and it was just, why? I never heard that. That's amazing. Really? Oh. <laughs> yeah, I just I, uh, I was so sold. And then you, you watch that movie and it's just like, man, you know, very vanilla. 1967, the Dirty Dozen. Here they go. Doing more yep. interesting things. Well, let's, let, let's talk about these actors. Let's talk about the Dirty Dozen. How about that Charles Bronson? <laughs> Harmonica list this time? 
Sorry, was I not enthusiastic enough? You didn't like him? I thought he was pretty great. I mean, he's he's I, got some interesting deliveries, but you I think know. he works for most of his stuff. He was he was um, as enthusiastic as I anticipated he would be. He he kind of strikes me as a I, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to be here, and you're going to deal with it. Yeah, he does that sometimes in his macho roles. I'll give you that. Yeah, yeah, he does check out sometimes and go on autopilot. I think my favorite's uh, John Cassavetes. Uh, playing Franco. Yeah, yeah. I gotta say that he was also my favorite. He was by far the most interesting for sure, and not just because of like the way they wrote the character, like the way he personified his kind of under the skin psycho. Oh my god, he just died too. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, he's been dead forever. <laughs> I know that's why it felt appropriate for him. <laughs> he was kind of the opposite of uh, Telly Savalas or whatever. He's like outwardly insane, you know, but he was yeah. kind of letting it peek out every now and then. You know, I kind of like him though. By the the time the movie ends, I, I feel sad that he that he gets shot. Who maggot? No, not maggot. Uh, Franco. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. No, Telly Savalas. Like, oh my god. Yeah, you're just waiting on that guy to get killed. Yeah, right. It was like definitely they need some kind of extra conflict at the end, and that's why this character is here, and he is killing it on his way there. I mean, what makes them think that that guy would even go along with anything, anyways? He's been a wild card the entire time. You know, yeah, they couldn't even bring him down when they brought in all the prostitutes <laughs> because they know like, that he would get so <laughs> pissed that he would fuck some shit up for everybody. He's like, yeah. "There's a whore, a fucking woman whore, slut!" and like go in there and fucking start killing them. Yeah, like that. Of all these psychos, that dude is the most psycho. Yeah, yeah. And I, I like he that he turns on the guys too. Was that surprising at all? Well, no. no. I mean, he he, you know, he, he. Who's he talking to? He's talking to the shrink, and he's like, "Yeah, the sinners. God's gonna kill him." Yeah, yeah. He starts talking about how he's God's tool and all that stuff. Oh, he is a tool. That's for sure. It, that, that shit is creepy, man. When people start it using is. like uh, religion and like even when uh, like leave Marvin it goes into his cell and he's like, didn't you know, in there uh, something in the Bible about vengeance is mine. And he quotes it. and He's like, yeah, but he didn't say what the, the instrument of that vengeance would be. It's me, man. And it's like, holy shit, bro. You can't argue with that. He's so crazy. Well, I mean, uh, on that note, it was something else that he said where they were like, don't you something like, don't you feel guilty? And he was like, no, I'm my God is just using me. I didn't do any. Of oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> vessel. Oh, that's so crazy. It's not my fault. I'm the vessel. And I feel like that should have disqualified cool. him from cool. joining the group immediately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Like, do you want us to have a chance? Can we get this psycho god? That'd be great. Like, you know, we're going to raid a, a whorehouse, so it's okay, you know? Like, he can just go crazy. He'll just murder all the women. Maybe he'll get a couple of officers. Great plan. Because they did not give a shit about, like, if, if if you were around a Nazi, outside of being French, you were fair game. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, they, they, they did not have a disqualifier. Because they were the hired help, you know, because uh, <laughs> everybody else was there on their own accord. You know, they were supporting so you deserve to die. Bring it back to Star Wars, you know? The janitors on the Death Star, bro. Bro. <laughs> wrong place, wrong time. God yeah, damn it. <laughs> it's not just a job, man. You're complicit. You know? There were no janitors on the Death Star. That's why they have those little droids rolling yeah, around. Yeah, those, those, those little black droids that run around that look like mice. You know, there's got to be like a guy that fixes those when they break, you know? That guy died. Droids fixing other droids, man. That's why you have to be careful about what jobs you take, just FYI. That's true. That's true. Working for the man is not always sticking it to the man. <laughs> it was pretty brutal, though, when they put the gasoline down there. That was, that was pretty brutal. Yeah, seeing it rain down and, and the idea to put the, 
the grate at the bottom of the pipe to catch the little grenades and it's not big enough to pull it through and everybody's like trying to reach up and grab it, you know, waiting for somebody to accidentally pull a pin. Yeah. That was an interesting moment when he was like, don't pull the pins. And I was like, oh, shit, what is he trying to Okay. He's letting it build up. Yep, yep, yep. And there's smiles, too, while they're also, like, throwing the grenades in. Oh, they think about it for a second. They're like, ah, ah fuck it. <laughs> the, <you know>. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to murder a bunch of people. Let's have a good time while doing it. <laughs> uh, well, the uh, the captain, uh, you know, he he has. He's like, "Are you sure?" And he's like, "You know, I want you ask. I forget the names. What you ask the other two guys who were dead? You know what what they think about it." And he's like, "Ah, fuck it, let's do it." There's too many names. I can't remember everybody's name in this. People had names in this. <laughs> <laughs> well, you really only get to know the the characters that are on, on death row. They're going to be right, um, right hung later in the movie. Everyone else, I guess Donald Sutherland's the only one you get to really know. Yeah. And they cut back to his dead body multiple times. Oh, my God. I literally said, I was like, how many times did he have to just fucking lay there like a fish? It looked good, though. Also, 60s movie making. <sighs> they were still doing the, uh, oh, I got shot. Oh, let me grab it. Oh, I dramatically oh, fall over. Uh, oh. The hands wiggle. and The leg kicks. <laughs> People that get shot out of windows for some reason fall forward through the window. Yeah, they go right. bust through right, the window. Right. Yeah. Well, there was that one guy who was like... Uh, <laughs> He was the Nazi, like, radio man, and then the guy comes up behind him, and, like, uh, Lee Marvin, like, shoots him in the back. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And he just, like, falls straight over. You know, there's no... <laughs> He's just instantly dead. <laughs> yeah. It's a, little, it's, a little, it's, it's a little hammy. I mean, like, well, hell, apparently, earlier in the movie, um, Lee Marvin's, like, trying to get the guy to go up the rope, and he pulls a gun up, and he starts shooting, and there's, uh, there's other guys up there, and he's, like, spraying bullets to shoot, to cut the rope. Yeah, you know. All the guys up there are like, huh, that's fine. (laughs) That bullet will cut that rope, but it's not going through those boards up there where those guys are standing right. (laughs) That's totally how physics works. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I like how they speed up the film there. Oh, Um, yeah. It's very, very comedic, like, of the era comedy style. Oh, I mean, yeah, they were also doing that in action movies, too. You know, the Bond films, they always, whenever they do hand-to-hand combat, they always sped those stuff up. And that was around this time. I should imagine like a xylophone, but you know, they They did have some music cues that were almost that cheesy. (laughs) We're in the army now. I like the score. I thought the score was pretty good. Uh, Well, okay. I like the drum march. I thought that was good. The drum march during the opening titles. Yeah. They played it a couple times later. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. When they're doing the, the wartime exercise and they're also like when they're getting into the, I guess the French Chateau at the end. Oh, yeah. A little, little recurring theme. But the rest of it's kind of, I guess, I don't know. I guess it's a little forgettable. Apparently they're using some hymns at some point. Oh, were they? Yeah. Totally went right over me. I didn't recognize him either, but I was informed as such. What would you guys think of Lee Marvin? You ever seen Lee Marvin in a movie? Um, not offhand. Like I have, but I don't, I don't, yeah, I'm going to have to look him up because I also did not recognize him from this. I have not seen any of his top four films except for now The Dirty Dozen. I like it when he's being serious and doing his badass thing. You know, he's like, I'm, I'm tough guy. I'm general. I like that stuff. I don't, some of his comic, comedy beats, I don't know about. Like which one specifically? Ah, uh, you know, there's that one where he's, I forget, uh, who, who's, who's he leaving? Uh, is it Maggot? He's like uh, a southern boy's got to stick together now, or whatever he says. Oh, yeah. It's just like, yeah. oh, I don't I know like, about was that. Was that a joke? What? What the hell? Are you just that awkward as a general or major, or whatever the fuck you are? 
And there was another delivery he had where uh, it's it's when Telly Savalas calls uh, Jim Brown the N-word. And he, he walks out. And he's like, uh, the guard comes up. And he's like, what's going on in there? And he's like, uh, one, of the, one of the gentlemen that was asking about the dining arrangements. The southern gentleman was inquiring about the dining. Yeah, conference. something like that. It was just like I don't know. It was delivered kind of wrong. <laughs> and, they're like, uh, it out. It and they're working they're it out. And they're working. I thought that was kind of. That was kind of funny. That Did was one of the best I, jokes in the movie. But he yeah. was awkward about it. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was kind of funny. Yeah, I thought the the sergeant, the MP guy, I, his reaction made it work. But yeah, I don't know about his reactions. They they cut to his face a lot, and like especially when they like finally get the damn hook on the roof. Oh and yeah. It cuts yeah. back, and he's just like. So excited. <laughs> He's like, fuck yeah, we're going to go kill people. <laughs> yeah, how many of those reaction shots did they say? Okay, all right, now this happens. Okay, and now this happens. All right, give me, uh, just give, give him more. Okay, now this happened. Just rolling through. Man. Now give me your happy Nazi killing face. <laughs> now give, you, give me your, oh no, there's a Nazi over there face. There was one death in that same like sequence at the end where like they showed four guys reacting and one of them was like, Hoo! <laughs> the, other one, the other three were like normal. I was just like, why is he so distraught? Let's watch the trailer. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. This is the Dirty Death. Major Risen, you are ordered by Allied Command to select 12 general prisoners, convicted by courts martial and sentenced to be executed or serve lengthy prison terms for murder, rape, robbery, and other crimes of violence and you will deliver them secretly behind enemy lines in France to undertake a mission of sabotage that could change the course of the war. The 12 men will be known as the Dirty Dozen. Lee Marvin as Major John Reisman. There's a little of Major Reisman in every man, says Marvin. Tough and unyielding, yet compassionate. I think it's the best role I've ever been asked to play. You've all volunteered for a mission which gives you just three ways to go. Either you can follow up in training and be shipped back here for immediate execution of sentence, or you can follow up in combat, in which case I will personally blow your brains out, or you can do as you're told, in which case you might just get by. Now you hold it right there. This war was not started for your private gratification, and you can be damn sure that this army isn't being run for your personal convenience either. Ernest Borgnine as General Warden. I'm tired of seeing generals portrayed as desk-bound pen pushers, says Borgnine. So I've played Warden as a rough professional soldier. Robert Ryan as Colonel Everett Dasher Breed. There were officers like Breed, says Ryan, who could never suffer the rules broken or even bend a little. Major Reisman's compliments, sir. Tell him well it's strong. prefer to be captured or destroyed. Jimmy Brown as Napoleon Jefferson. Jefferson is any man fighting for recognition against the odds, says Brown. I think I understand him pretty well. The hell is John Cassavetes as Victor Franco, says Cassavetes. Franco is a petty hoodlum forced to heroism by circumstances beyond his control. We go on that mission, we all get killed. That's what they want. That's what they want. Trini Lopez as Jimenez. He's crawling with hate. Charles Bronson as Vladislaw. The last guy in the world you'd expect to be a hero. <laughs> Telly Savalas as Archer Maggot. Maggot is a maniac, says Savalas. His religious fanaticism can never be moderated or quelled. It is a constant danger. 
Clint Walker as Samson Posey. An Indian with war paint smeared on his soul. Train them. Excite them. Arm them. And turn them loose on the Nazi High Command. Welcome back. That was the trailer for the Dirty Dozen. Good trailer. Long trailer. Long, long trailer. I don't know if I'd qualify. As a good <laughs> I think it was a good trailer. It lets you know what you're getting in for with the movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a, lot be a lot of exposition. A lot to deal with. And you're also, see re- all these faces while we talk forever. <laughs> <laughs> um, I realized that it was uh, it was Charles Bronson who shot the uh, radio operator guy because of the trailer there. Anyways, that's what I learned. Oh, and they and they used a different take. In the movie of um, Major John Reisman telling everybody, you know, either you're going to do this or you're going to be, you know, go back to jail in instant sentence. Yeah, they used uh, a bunch of, like, really weird, it looked like B-roll shots uh, yeah. in the very beginning of it. Like, yeah. that wasn't footage used in the movie at all. I don't know what that's right. No, is. there's a lot of, like, look at this wheel on this truck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Here's another wheel. They're moving a lot, we promise. Nazi wheels look different, bro. <laughs> Apparently, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, it's green. I, I do like getting a little bit of like, Lee Marvin says that there's a little bit of uh, everyone in Rip Rusman. <laughs> uh, whatever. That's kind of cool. That's fun. <laughs> Every single actor, they have to say how they felt about playing this role. Like, no, we but- promise, they're still good actors, people. Well, that was enough, but there there was a thing where several actors turned down roles because they were like, oh, we can't be associated with this character. Mm, so in the trailer, they wanted everyone to know, like, no, no, no. These, these are guys, they're, they're not these people. Because wasn't it like John Wayne or somebody very famous was supposed to be in this? And he was like, oh, I can't be seen having an affair. And they ended up cutting it out, but he'd already turned it down. That's correct. I think yeah. some, some, someone wasn't down with uh, how they were killing people at the end the, the women and oh yeah and somebody didn't uh the guy who played maggot was replaced also because he didn't want to be racist yeah the rest of it was fine but the racism was like too much there's gonna be jack palance from city slickers oh curly batman? yeah curly yeah he's okay. batman he's a yeah. uh, you know jack nicholson's boss and batman you're oh, my yeah, number you're right. one guy you're my number one guy yeah yeah, yeah there we go I, sorry, yeah. I saw the the glazed looks of like. Oh yeah. yeah <laughs> well, Jack I was Palance. searching in my Rolodex in my brain who Jack Palance was. I know I know this name, but yeah, Curly. There you go. <laughs> that was a great pull because you knew you knew how to get me, Brian. Eighties. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm over here like, sure. <laughs> You've never seen City Slickers? Oh, what? I've seen City uh, Slickers. I don't okay. remember any of those motherfuckers. I watched it like twenty years ago. I'm like, ah, this movie's boring. What? That is a classic. <laughs> oh, my God. The first one, at least. I don't know about the second one. I haven't seen that since the theaters. Anyway, God, City Slickers getting, getting us off. <sighs> oh, before we continue, we got to say, uh, so the, the framing issue that you guys were talking about earlier, That what, what did you guys watch this one? A uh, TV. <laughs> what service did you guys stream <laughs> this morning? There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Apple, Apple uh, streaming for me. I streamed it off of Xbox. With Microsoft's um, service, yeah. so both of those were in two, three, five. Yes, uh, correct. Yes. All right, so that and is I'm, actually cropped because the movie's in it's supposed to be uh, one eight five. I'd God like damn, to say it, it felt very awkwardly cropped in all yes. of those scenes, and that's yeah. why I was like, "What the hell?" 
I'd like to go ahead and give a big fuck you to uh, Apple iTunes and also to Microsoft Video Services for making me have to watch this movie again. Because now I, I feel like I haven't watched the movie because I've missed part of it, you know? I, didn't get you, I mean, we missed like a third of the movie. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really fucked you up, man. Definitely rewatch it. Over the course of the runtime, that's, that's a lot of fence. There were some walls in those shots. Uh, sure, we missed some tree limbs here and there. It is weird. Why would you? Why would you put a movie in an Asperger's show that it wasn't meant for? I mean, not not only because you're trying to make it full screen. This is the total opposite. This is the opposite. Just... Yeah. <laughs> Nobody ever crops the wrong direction. Like what the hell? That's why I was like, "There's no way." What the fuck? Yeah, that's a re- really weird thing. M- maybe they had to be- to get it on certain streaming. They had to change it a certain way. Or Man, I don't somebody know. probably what hit a... the wrong checkbox. You yeah. know. <laughs> and then didn't, give, didn't care enough to check after the render was done. Well, if no one's complaining, why would they check it? You know, Chris, I'm complaining. complaining. What the fuck? You're not. No, you have to like. You're not. You're complaining out into like the void. You need to like contact somebody. Uh, Chris is like, you ever had an argument with a brick wall? (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to our podcast, wherein we yell and we scream into the void. Fix your aspect ratio. (sighs) Maybe someone will hear us and fix it. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, that's not really usually how it works. They're losing the possibly. integrity of this film Wow, doing that shit. I don't think anyone cares. Well, I mean, obviously Jared cares, so that one person cares. No, no, I, mean, if, I don't I, think anyone if, at the companies oh, care that oh. much. You have, if you Robert, just, like, I, Robert Aldrich is watching. fucking rolling in his fucking grave right now. Because of this. <laughs> yeah, okay. Hundred percent. <laughs> okay, so I don't know that like anyone at like Xbox is going to care is what I'm saying. I Microsoft! mean, they'll care enough to like fix it if you complain, but like it's not like anyone's going to be like, you know what, I should watch on Xbox tonight and double check the aspect ratio. Like that's just. I mean, it's possible, but I don't see it happening. I think it's hilarious that Microsoft and fucking Apple are sharing the same exact master that's cropped wrong. Yes. <laughs> yes, they are. That is hilarious. 100%. 100%. Brian, did you watch this digitally, or do you have some kind of like 8K Blu-ray that you acquired? No, I just have a regular Blu-ray. Yeah. Sorry. It's not, not I fancy. It, I watched it on Amazon, and I did not notice any awkwardly cropping here's, anything here's another question then with 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 Kristen and brian's viewing because mike apparently watched the same version i do yeah um it was really shaky on the gate especially in earlier earlier parts of the film like like the film is is juddering like you're getting like a like really bad at times was that in your copy yeah that was that was definitely in version I want. Only in the, the B-roll shots that they would cut to that was like stock footage from No, World no, War this II. is like during dialogue scenes where oh, the, the, no. the film is, is like wiggling on the gate. No. Like really bad. <laughs> you guys got some no. really janky fucking... I, what, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, what, we... Frustrated. I, yeah, like we, we watched some bullshit like fucking back, back room fucking... Yeah. You know, some, somebody well, there's a lot of with color issues with it too. <laughs> like Like... There was there was times where stuff felt blown out or or like just not well saturated, and some of it was shot to shot, so I could tell that it was just like, all right, well that was part of what they were shooting, but much of it looked like it was just a bad transfer. Yeah, we definitely saw a bad transfer. It also didn't feel at all HD. It felt like it was a very low resolution SD copy, which would not surprise me if this was the SD version that they initially transferred and then did another version that is what the other services are. I think most of it felt pretty HD for me, but every now and then, like I said, you would go to some shots that were just, like, trash. Like, out of focus, they seemed lower res. Uh, The only time I ever noticed anything that was, like, you know, low res was when they were either at... They'd do something optically where they're adding a title or doing a dissolve into a shot. 
they're doing that chemically, so you lose resolution. You lose a little bit of resolution because you have a generation loss there. You know, whenever you go to a dissolve, that shot will be blurrier than the shot before it. It's just part of the technique of getting to dissolve on film and putting titles. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then the rest of it, I, mean, I don't. I guess the stock footage was kind of like you could always tell when they cut to stock war footage, like when they were parachuting out of the plane. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, you could tell that, but there was one stock footage that cut to a reaction shot of somebody looked at the sky out of the plane and it was just like black and white clouds. And it was black and white because they were trying to make it night. It was daytime clouds. They made night by making it black and white. That is 100% black and white. Yeah. No, see, on my copy, that was blue. Ours was black and white. Yeah. Black and white. No, it was blue on ours. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Kristen, do you you remember that? I do not recall seeing it's any before black they it's and before they clouds. it's before they jump out of the plane uh, to do the mission. Yeah. yeah, I didn't notice. I mean, it's possible that it was in my copy and I didn't just happen to glance away or something. But I don't, I don't, I didn't notice that at all. This film is very inconsistent. <laughs> Tonally, or just the transfers? Just the transfers. I think the tone's pretty good. I mean, like it, it's a bit of a comedy, but you know, it's also it's it's a war comedy. <laughs> is that why they justify it being two and a half fucking hours long? No, like I said, it's, it's because it has to be an event. People didn't know better back then. You know, you got nothing else better to do. Two know? and a half hours is not that long. You guys are making it sound like that's just like unbearable. I mean, we watch modern movies. Fucking John Wick Chapter Four was fucking longer than this goddamn movie. What are we talking about? It also felt so long. I'm sorry. Anything after about two and a half hours, and I'm just like, oh shit, I'm gonna have to like dedicate some fucking time to this. Okay, cool. Especially if I have to watch it twice. I mean, I, I, I will, like, the second time I did feel like there's the training, then there's the Animal House war game bit, and then yeah. there's the final battle. I mean, I do you need the war games? No, but it's so much it's, fun. It's fun, though, yeah. I, I, I appreciate it because you're getting all this world building and, and everything, but it's still... I still don't know everybody's fucking names, even after two and a half hours. And what the fuck is that? Is that is that? Am I a bad watcher? I'm a bad viewer? No, no. Yes. You know, yes, like... because they introduced everybody <laughs> at the beginning. Oh well, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> but you only know why five of them are there. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you only know what, what their backstories are. Like, we we don't even get that. We don't care about them. You know, I don't know. I, I guess you have to do that, right? Because twelve characters on screen—that's just too much. Yeah, and they also need to give you a little bit of chance to somewhat try to care about these people because they end up telling you that everybody here is either going to be in prison for their whole life or they're going to fucking, like, you know, be hanged, uh, you know, and we're supposed to go on a story with we're these people. We're supposed to care. We're supposed to care. So you, you got to have that middle section where, you know, we get some fun with them. We start getting their personalities yeah. and they start to trust each other. They get into an orgy together. They, uh, they have a major orgy <laughs> and some people had to share or maybe they all share. Some people had to share. <laughs> Sharing is caring, Jared. Uh, it is. It is. There were only eight prostitutes for the the dozen. Oh no! No wait! Wait. Uh, tell us eleven guys. That's yes, right. The eleven. Yeah. Just eleven. All right. Eight. Eight and eleven. It works. Judas out. wasn't there. And only three bottles of scotch for eleven. You know, eleven people plus the eight women. Like, come on, man. What the hell? They, you know, they had to do training the next day, bro. They can't, you know, can't have a bottle each. Be smashed. Right. They had to be up at 6 a.m. <laughs> I mean, at best, that's like three drinks each guy. Like, that's not even that much. Like, come on. I, I, with this, apparently with as, like, dirty as these guys are, because everybody, but they didn't look too dirty to me, but, like, people walking up like, you guys are filthy. You know, you guys are the dirty dozen. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they were a little scruffy, I guess. Yeah. Well, no, but that, I mean, but back then, if you didn't shave, you were considered 
like unclean and dirty. So oh shit. Yeah. And then yeah. the '60s happened, and then oh wait, this was in the '60s. Yeah. So what the I, fuck? Well, they are in the uh, military. In well, sense, they're yeah. in the military. And, and, and it's <laughs> you know it's said before the '60s. <laughs> That's true. Okay. All right. I'll give you that. That's yeah. Fine. Yeah. Yeah. That's but but uh, but kudos to those women, uh, those prostitutes, to for still dealing with those dirty men because they walked in there like, oh gross, they're filthy. You want me to fuck these guys? <laughs> yeah, give one of them, them give, as they were off the truck, they were like, oh, I don't even do orgies normally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're being shipped out of the middle of nowhere in the back of a fucking truck. Yeah, like, <laughs> what do you think this is for? Come on. One of them got off and said, oh, I'm so tired. I don't know if I can even work tonight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they were great. I did love how they gave each of those women like a little close-up time where they're like, okay, see the guy? He's looking oh, at you. Built and then they up, cut to they? you. They cut to the girl, and she's like, hmm, okay, that guy works for me. Yeah, yeah. They're all snarling at each other. <laughs> <laughs> the old lady is just sitting there like looking at all of them, just like, mm, I, I'd take any of you guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's weird how much of a stink that that caused back at HQ. It wasn't the women. It was the booze. No, it was no, it was that they let women in because like they're, yeah, they're no. all those motherfuckers are constantly drinking. You break out a bottle, like hold on a minute, let me get a fresh bottle. Hang, it hang, looks hang, like it's hang, almost hang. empty. I need yeah. more ice. <laughs> uh, excuse me, Lieutenant. Can you bring me more ice? Thank you. I love that. Right in the middle of the fucking conversation. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Ernest Borgnine yeah. is a class act in this. I like his reaction shots during the war game when he's just constantly like giggling his like big a little toothy grin. Yeah. yeah, he knows what's going on. Yeah, like, yeah, he's like, "Oh, let me get the fuck out of here before I get thrown on the floor." But- <laughs> <laughs> were those explosives that those guys were holding? The little silver things that they were passing back and forth in the tent that Ernest Borgnine noticed? It seemed like. Where are my detonators? Is that what they were? Okay. <laughs> they look like detonators. Yeah, you know? right. like, like things you stick into C4, you know? Yeah. Mm, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I don't blow shit up professionally. I'm just... <laughs> Yeah, but you know th- that was all supposed to be for play. But like when they were like shelling those guys, that seemed like they were actually trying to kill them. You know? Oh, okay. Well, they, they specifically they addressed that. Like the the observer dude was like, um, they're gonna live ammunition shoot that fucking hillside in like three minutes. You should probably not go there. And the guys were like, well, he's not gonna be looking for it, so we're gonna do it anyway. Mm, okay, I missed that part. That's when George Kennedy was like, no, you can't do that. George Kennedy is awesome. It's neat to see him young. Yeah, Grew right. Watching him in the uh, Naked Gun movies, Frank. <laughs> Frank. <laughs> also, Academy Award winner. What he win for? Uh, what he win for? Cool Hand Luke, or am I making that up? I know he was in that. Damn, was he really? Yeah. Damn. I don't know what he won for. He did win an Oscar though. What did he win? Uh, won one Oscar. What was the title? Best Supporting Actor, Cool Hand Luke. There you go. And that makes me like we we referenced uh, O.J. Simpson in acting earlier, and I didn't even make the connection that that was the same movie that he was in later. There you go. <laughs> it all comes back to O.J. <laughs> <laughs> it's all, it all OJ. comes back to <laughs> That is not the connection I was attempting to make earlier. I just wanted that to be on the record. Some people play the Kevin Bacon game, but here the movie crew podcast we play the O.J. game. <laughs> Who is connected to O.J. in Hollywood? <laughs> How many stabs does it? Oh, I'm sorry. I was thinking that. How many stabs does it take to get, or like six stabs oh to like? I, that's where my brain was going as well. But 
I, uh, <laughs> I was the asshole that said it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you, <laughs> you just thought thank, it. Thank, thank you, Brian. <laughs> Six steps of <laughs> Come on, it's been enough time, right? It's not, it's not too soon, right? Oh. God damn. Too soon. Did anyone else uh, find it weird that the uh, German subtitles only pop up in opportune moments, but the rest of the time they let it play? Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I didn't find it weird. I, I, no. I felt like there were times that were, like, it would have been nice to have it, especially no. during the par- middle of the party. Well, like in the middle of the party, they don't pop up because they don't speak German. They don't know what the fuck is going on, so you don't know what the fuck is going on. One of the guys does. Okay, well, it's... Not well. It's, the main yeah. character and conversing with people like that's not what's and we, happening and they cut into the bunker later and then they cut to these signs and they like pop zoom on them they like snap zoom like we're supposed to like, oh yeah. like i'm supposed like, to know what oh, that means there's <laughs> it, it meant that there was ammunition ammunition down there and it was gonna oh, is that blow what that means yeah it was gonna blow up yeah oh, okay i did not get that i just saw oh, like see it? S- bad sign you didn't, you didn't read the ammunition and then the skull oh is that what they said yeah, yeah. I, I saw this i was like is there poison or like <laughs> normally like a skull like that's like poison right i mean they like, are nazis if they kept yeah. poison down there it would not surprise anybody right? well i mean the whole time i was thinking well like oh this this is like you know this is a parallel to sending people to the gas chambers you know that's all i was oh. thinking well i think oh, that was man. a definite yeah. like ca- visual yeah. callback that they were doing absolutely yeah like like yeah. we're sending these people into this room to be killed yeah i think that yeah. was yeah very yeah i don't know was, i i I personally felt like I had seen this chateau like a thousand times in different video games. Like I can't pinpoint any one specific, but there was lots of shots that I was like, I'm pretty sure I've been there in a digital form. And they, this movie has definitely been copied. Oh, I played Splinter Cell. You go into all kinds of places <laughs> like that. <laughs> no, like Call of Duty and like oh yeah, definitely sniper yeah. moot game shit. Like yeah. For sure. Yeah, we're the same guy. Like, in, in just like in a video game, like this, these motherfuckers just keep running out this door, and they they don't like peek around. Yeah. They just they just run 100%. out and get killed. You're just like, standing like let me waiting. Go see, let me go see why no one has come back yet. <laughs> uh, I'm dead. Or also those those point of view shots through the uh, the sniper where you see their fucking head in like the crosshairs. Oh and man! Then, and then they cut to the shot, and it like totally and he still misses. misses. Like, what the hell? It's you like, had it. What? Yeah. You're Damn. not a good sniper. And then they just like barely point up and shoot with their little like MP4s and like that was bugging me the whole movie that they all dude, just shoot from the hip. Like everybody hip shoots shooting from the hip. And everybody yeah. like a sniper had you in their sights and they shot and just barely missed you and then you shoot a fucking submachine gun from the hip and you're gonna kill that guy from where the sniper was like come on. At least when John McClane shoots from the hip, it actually looks like he's somewhat aiming. These guys yeah. are just like wildly, you know. Let me spin and Close my eyes. Donald Sutherland. Yeah, they didn't fix that one for a long time in action films. Yeah, that's really bad. <laughs> a long time. It, it makes it feel cheesy, you know? Really, really hokey. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I've seen so many war films of, from this time period and action movies from this time period. Yeah, I don't know. It, it's, it's what it's supposed to be. But, the, but they do a good job building a, a little bit of suspense, you know, with, like, throwing the rope and, and missing, even though that rope looks way too thin to be climbing on. Nope. Right. Um, <laughs> also, that dude like slipped on the third step, and I was like, "No one else is making it up there." Oh, he went through the ceiling. Oh, yeah, damn, and nobody. No, heard no. Him. When he was climbing on the wall, I was like, "Oh, no one else is going to climb after him because it's too slippery." But yeah, slipping to the ceiling for sure. Did that guy get? Did he blow himself up? Yeah, kind of looked huh. like it. We didn't well, see he, him again. That's for well. Sure. He th- he threw. Well, he was stuck in the ceiling, but like you know, he 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 threw the uh, the grenades over there, and they went down into the little basin. And then he like ducked and did the duck and cover thing. 
he he could have survived that. I think the ceiling collapsed, Jared, and then at, oh, you at, think so? at very at the very least he was still. <laughs> oh, stuck he's dead up. definitely by the end. Yeah, the whole thing blew up. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's yeah, he's dead as fuck. But yeah, because he never makes it down. So if if he's still up there by the end, he's gone. Look, I've stepped through a ceiling before. You can get your leg out. You know, you just might tear your skin up a little bit, but. Yeah. I mean, they didn't. They didn't show him trying. I was like, oh, bro, yeah, cringing to wait for him try. Yeah, no, man, I'd be jerking that damn foot out of there. Yeah, I think the only one you don't see get killed is Posey. Uh, when yeah, he, when the hell did he die? You don't. Yeah. It, they don't show it. Like you, you see, uh, you see his teammate, the guy that's shooting the flares, uh, with the heavy yeah. machine gun beside him. You see him get shot and machine gun fire, but Posey, you, you have no idea what happens to him. I mean, I assumed he's dead because he's not at the he's not in the hospital at the very end. No, they they, they at right. the end of the movie they pop up and they they show everybody's photo again. It's like they lost their lives in the line of duty, you know. And then it just cuts to, cuts to black. I think he's in that list there. But they, yeah, they don't they don't show what happens to him. I don't know. I I couldn't find anything about that either. I don't know if they cut it out of the movie, if they even shot it or what. Apparently, in the book, he goes like, uh, well, hand to hand combat with some people and disappears. Nice. I don't know. See? I've never read the book. I would have loved to have seen that because they made such a point to do to like make him be the guy that the colonel is gonna like. Oh, with the knife. With. Yeah. 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 What the fuck was that, man? What if that dude actually took that knife and stabbed you to death, right? Colonel? Like, fix your temper, and then you'll be better. Yeah. <laughs> he was better than you thought he was, motherfucker. Like, that dude looks like he could pick you up and throw you down and beat the shit out of you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but he's right? just a gentle giant. Like, if all <laughs> he's he a gentle take, giant. Like, yeah, I mean, he, he beat someone to he, death, Kristen, for bumping into him. No, he punched him one punched time. Him once. He's, he's like Hulk smash. That's why I said gentle giant, and he was provoked. He didn't want to do it. You know, it, it was yeah. a little over. Yeah. You know, so no, no, no. The he the guy the guy was fine. He's not gonna attack him. With as much as like these guys, see that guy went to that that fucked up hardcore prison just for killing that one guy accidentally. You know, and everybody else is like crazy murders. What did that first guy who got who we see get executed at the very beginning of the movie? What the fuck oh, did the that? One... Yeah, he's like, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to. The guy who, know, who, who had know? gone to three different court martials who all yeah. determined the same thing. This motherfucker. Is that dude's worse shit. than all these other motherfuckers. <laughs> No, I mean, he just happened to be executed before the dude showed up to yeah. rescue everybody. God, man, bad timing. I think that, yeah, I think that was the whole point was just to say, like, they're not playing around. This is a prison that executes people. Oh, it's a set of expectation that this does happen. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As an expectation starter for the beginning of the movie, like, that's a great way to start. Like, this is what happens to all these people. Yeah. Good luck. It's also, like, the first bit of the uh, anti-authority, like, fuck the government, fuck the establishment. The man's holding me down. Uh, like foot, footnote, yeah. we get because Lee Marvin sees that, and I forget what exactly what he says to the general. Something like that's no way for a man to die. Yeah, and then the general laughs. It's very awkward uh, scene in the movie. He's like, "Oh, I know a lot of people that could go." That He's way. like, "I know a lot of people." Yeah, yeah. And then he starts looking at everyone around the room's like, "Should we laugh at that? <laughs> that's kind of that's yeah. kind of creepy." Yeah. Yeah. And then there's <laughs> one like hanger on dude that was like yeah i do too <laughs> like bro dial it back i think structurally this movie is well laid out like the way they 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 introduce the characters they they start with like here are the stakes and like some of it's heavy-handed for sure but the the halfway point in the movie is when they're going to do like the the army maneuver things and you see them actually coming together as a unit and you get a little bit of the fun 
I like if you just if you laid it all out like a clock, everything kind of lines up. Like here's this introduced, and here's where it goes, and here's this introduced, and here's where it come, plays out. Like yeah, this this is a very well written movie and well executed structure. I agree. Even if you guys did think it was long, you say you, you feel the well, structure just, was good though. It just yeah, of course it, it runs like it runs really well. It's just a little long. It makes me think that there's a five hour cut out there. You know? I think there they, is there is a lot that was a, cut out actually. Cut. Really? Well, I don't know if it was actually cut out or if they... Uh, but there are certain things that uh, were part of larger scenes, so I guess they could have been written out instead of edited out. But yes, there's a longer... There was originally a longer cut. Because that was part of the whole thing was um, uh, Lee Marvin's character is supposed to have an affair with somebody, even though he's married. Um, hmm. uh, but that was also written out. Damn, I couldn't see any time for that in the way that this. Yeah, was and like, because you would have to completely develop that other character. Like, how are you going to weave like a love interest into this? I don't know. Yeah, and not just a it love interest, but someone for her to cheat also. on. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and then there was also there was also a scene where uh, this is in like the middle section where they're like playing war, uh, where they were given little what looked like. Like pens, whatever, but they're like some sort of like bomb grenade thing. I don't know, some like hmm. bomby, blowy up thing. Oh, the detonators. And, um, the detonators. Except you, nothing ever happens with that. But they pass them out. Like like they're going to do something. Yeah, with them yeah. That seemed like that drops. was that. You know, it, normally if you see it, it gets right. a payoff. You know, but yeah, yeah. So that's what I'm saying. Is like they. I'm pretty sure they cut stuff out of this. I also kind of expected them to do a little bit more with with something about the the armbands that they kept switching. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Because it it wasn't so much like I appreciated them doing like the all right we're switching sides, but like between there there was like two or three different lines where people were like you're not allowed to do that what the hell and they were like <laughs> like it seemed like there would be some kind of something that they would be like maybe, maybe that's what it was supposed to be but it felt like it should have been more maybe there is a five hour version where we go through all twelve. Of the guys. Oh my god, that's so. Much. <laughs> that's so much. I'm here for Uh-oh. it, man. Fucking sign me up, baby. <laughs> I mean, if this was like a ten episode series, like it could be. Oh, oh, a band of bakers dozen. Oh, are we gonna <laughs> talk about Jesus Christ, Mike? Is this on? Um, is this based on the Filthy Thirteen? Or I saw conflicting stuff about that. Uh, I guess technically, yes, it is, but the author at the time, uh, actually based it off of like, a he heard a story in a bar about the dirty dozen and he's like, that, that's great. And he went to go do research and he could not find anything about them because turns out they didn't exist. And he was wow. able to find some other, like, uh, what was the airborne unit? I forget what the, the 101st airborne. There you go. Unit. Yeah. <sighs> and they did have the filthy thirteen. Wait, oh, okay, and the okay. the leader guy, uh, I forget what his name was, but he was like a, a Native American, and like they even have pictures of the guys on the on the Blu-ray behind the scenes where they they just painted the uh, tail of the plane, and they start taking the wet paint and start doing like war paint and paint oh, the, shave their heads into nice. mohawks and shit, oh, wow. just because he did it, and they were you know I guess they loved him and looked at him as a leader, just like Tom Hanks and Saving Private Ryan. <laughs> Yeah. Just like that. <laughs> Just like old Tommy Hanks and his... Or Brad Pitt and Glorious Pink. Bastards, whatever. I mean... <laughs> Nazis. I mean, again, right? See, we could actually... You know, you could see where Quentin Tarantino was thinking Brad Pitt's character. So this movie was not based on actual fact. This was entirely fictional. 
sort of. I mean, the war on, actually happened. Well, no, based on Damn. some true things. <laughs> yes. I mean, how every other fucking like World War II movie is like. This was a real unit. We're talking about real people. Like, no, this was not a real unit. Okay. Uh, none of the none of the, the guys from the Fil- filthy thirteen were like uh, you know on death row. I think like a couple of them uh, didn't come back from uh, leave on time, and we're in I don't know those bitches. <laughs> One guy said he went AWOL because uh, he got leave and he was in some fucking town. He was going to be there for like seventy two hours, and he's like, man, he's I saw the line. Because I was in this little shithole town in fucking France, and I saw the, saw the line to get into the bars. There were only five bars. And he's like, I'm never going to get through this fucking line to get a drink and, like, dance with a girl. I'm <laughs> fucking 72 hours. 72 hours. <laughs> Jesus. So he fucking left and went to the next fucking town and took a nice proper four or five days and fucking came back. Turned out the military was not uh, not pleased with that. They're, not so okay with They're that. a little pissed. So they sent him on a fucking suicide mission. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, they did send him, put him in a jail cell for that for a little bit, and then yeah, yeah sent him on a. He volunteered mm, again. <laughs> so there's based on real elements, but definitely not. Got it. Cool. Okay. How was this movie received when it came out? Uh, I was received really well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, now I don't know if it's the number one film of the year. I read that someplace. But I also read that The Graduate was the number one film of the year. And what was the other movie? Uh, I forget what the other one. There was another film that came out this year that was like also maybe number one. And it was like, <laughs> well. Depends on what part of the country you're in. Well, I don't know if they're taking it from like what the box office is for that actual year. Because like even Box Office Mojo does that like actual year release versus calendar release. Oh, interesting. So like they'll take uh, a release window from you know, from an actual twelve month window versus the entire run of a movie if it spans over into multiple years. Very interesting. So I don't know how they're how they're gauging that. But the movie, I mean, the movie did good. It had a budget of five point four million and made uh, forty five point three worldwide. Damn, that's with re releases and things like that. Of course, that's a ton of money back then. Yeah, and this only cost uh, like half the budget of the James Bond film at the time. You only lived twice. Damn, that came out the same year. Damn. That may have been the the other movie that was also like, oh, this is number one this year. That, that's what it was. Probably you only lived twice. <laughs> Anybody got anything else? I'm going to take that as a no. Are we at ratings? Who's going first? Who's rating the Dirty Dozen? I'm going to nominate Jared. Jared, why don't you go first for us? Really? <laughs> you never go first. I know. Set hmm. the tone for us, Jared. <laughs> I don't know how to set the tone for this one. Um, Using your own words against you. <laughs> I know. Damn. How dare you? Uh, I'm just going to talk about camera shit. Um, <laughs> I think this movie was shot pretty well for, for, for what it is. Um, I, I struggle with older movies because I think they're boring. Uh, and and <laughs> But I, 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 did, I did struggle with this one a little bit, but it's still, it's still fun. You know, especially that middle section. It, 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 it's, it's fun. And it's also really cool to see these actors uh, playing... Uh, the, Younger, yeah. You shouldn't. You shouldn't let me start, Brian. I gotta like listen to what other people say so I can like develop my ideas. You know, but like you know, like you know, screen cheat a little bit. Um, but no, man. Uh, I'm gonna struggle with this month a little bit because, or, or may- maybe I'll learn that older movies are actually worth watching. <laughs> I don't know uh, what to rate this. Hmm. I, I really don't know how to knock it at me except for I feel that it's a little long, and I, I just I think that that's probably just like a product of its time 
like I said, I think a lot of movies are just uh, longer back in the day. Um, da, 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 da. I'm gonna give it a nine. Let's let's just start out strong there. I mean, like it, it, it may be a perfect film. Like, is it? I don't know. I mean, like, it, it's got the full plot. It's all there. It, it, it's it's um, it's it's pretty easy to understand. I think that the only problem I had was like so many damn characters. I couldn't really like follow everybody's names, but I still got who they were and what their motivations were. Um, so I don't know. I'll stick with a nine. We'll see how you guys uh, bring it up from there. The man said nine. All right, who's going next? All right, Christine. All right, so uh, this movie, I went, I went in with like no expectations, so I was very pleasantly surprised to see that this was interesting and funny and not just a war movie, which is what I thought. And I don't care how many men tell me, no, this is this is a better version of Tarantino's movie. Like I don't care. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't. Uh, mm, mm, I don't. I don't. I enjoy Tarantino more, but that doesn't mean this isn't a good movie. I enjoyed this a lot. I do think it was long, and I did. Uh, I would like to break it up um, in the future. Uh, but I think that's how I kind of like properly focus because there are three very distinct sections that each deserve your full attention. And mm. Mm. yeah, and I think if it was broken up, I think. I would enjoy it so much more and especially because I could focus a lot more and uh, but that being said like you know meeting the prisoners seeing them all come together like I mean it was actually kind of amazing because at the beginning when they're all being punished for being alive like the military does (laughs) Um, I was like, how is this going to build rapport? Like this, I don't understand how they're supposed to all of a sudden come together as a unit until they did, until I saw everything happening. And it was kind of like this like magical moment um, on screen. And I really appreciated all of that. Just like when they are working as a team and they're like play war game. Um, that was all very interesting too. And I really enjoyed that. And then, you know, the third part where they're actually going out and killing Nazis and on a mission and yeah I think I think that would be my biggest complaint is that it just needs to be broken up a little bit more um just for me personally I don't know about anybody else but just (laughs) I would appreciate it broken up so that I could properly enjoy it Uh, because this is an enjoyable film there's a lot of really good stuff here and it's funny I was not expecting it to be funny but it is there are a lot of funny moments and there's a lot of interesting character moments and Everyone from, you know, criminal criminals that you can root for to criminals that you absolutely like, you're like, no, that person should definitely be in jail. Why are we giving this person a second chance? Um, this is good. Um, I mean, as far as like visuals and stuff, it's not super interesting. Uh, a lot of designers will disagree. I, I've, I've heard a lot of people say that they really enjoy military costuming. Um, I think it's super boring and it all kind of looks the same, but, um, <laughs> it does. And, and, yeah, and I will yeah. say actually Lee Marvin's costuming was a mix of different like military genres and that was certainly an interesting choice. And I tried looking up information about the costume designer and there's not even one listed, but surely someone did costuming for this because look at it, like. You, like you can't just show up in your own clothes to this, you know. Yeah, she was interviewed on the the making of. I've I can't remember oh, what her name she? is. Yeah. Okay. 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 Because she was complaining um, about uh, John Cassavetes and Telly Savalas kept unbuttoning uh, okay. their uniforms, and then like everybody started doing that afterwards. And she's like, uh, "Guys, you can't all do this." 
<laughs> that sounds right. <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> um, okay, that's good to know. I'll go find that because I tried looking up information about who did the costuming and I could not find anything at all. Um, that being said, yeah, the, at least all of the actors look different because I feel like that's my biggest complaint with like old like old movies is that like all of the actors look identical and I can't, and they have the same voices and usually British accents and I can't tell them apart. And so at least here, everyone looks distinct. And so that's a great job casting wise. Uh, okay. All right. I'll rate it. Um, I'm going to give it an eight. I think this is an outstanding film. I think there could be better ways to do better things. Um, but for what it is, it's still an outstanding film and yeah, I, I recommend it if you like war stuff. War stuff. <laughs> if if you like war stuff. It, well, I can't just like recommend it like to everybody. Okay, <laughs> this is like. <laughs> Do you hate the U.S. government? You would love this movie. No, okay, because I also saw something where the director was like, "Oh yeah, I wanted to make an anti-war film," and I'm like, "I don't really think you succeeded, sir." Oh, no, it's definitely not. No. Well, well, ma- ma- well no, ma- maybe this is because an if they show film. you. Yeah, like so. How crazy the crazy shit that they're doing over there and killing like you the know, crazy shit that things. they're forced to do. Maybe as not an forced. Film. Like like you know that, that 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 was an improv at the end to fucking pour gasoline and fucking blow you know all that make it as like brutal as possible. Yeah, and the whole like uh, authority sucks message throughout the entire movie. Like yeah, but they all come together at the end to like work for the government and, and kill the enemy. No, they're well, working to save their life. The they're working to save their lives for sure. Yeah. All right. Okay, but well, at the end, the guy's like, he's he's in a hospital bed, and he's like, "We, you get better. We need we need, we need more we people need like more, you. We yeah. need more men like you out there." Right? And he's like, "Fuck." There are other people that are like me that aren't just. You get used <laughs> to killing <laughs> generals, is what he says. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I, okay, I don't know true, how any anti-war you can get. Uh, that's the last line of the movie. <laughs> yeah, that's, fair. that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. There was just like a big bonding moment that I was like not expecting in like an anti-war film. That's all. <laughs> no, no, okay, that that I get. Convicted murders, I don't know. Anyway, uh, <laughs> Greg's going next. You want last? Yeah, um, I think this movie had a lot to love about it. I definitely feel like, like I said at the beginning, this this was like all of the dads of the my generation. Everybody seemed to love this movie. All the dudes. Um, I don't know if that's just like from the the masculine whatever. Like we're gonna overcome our shitty behaviors and like actually do something worthwhile or something else, but. Uh, this movie has been talked about ad nauseum throughout my childhood. I definitely saw a lot of the inspirations that this movie has has given to things that I have consumed. A little bit of Tarantino for sure. But I think this movie was very well structured, very well scripted. It's absolutely too long. I'm sorry I have to knock it for that. Like there, there are so many like montages and so many like let's shoot fucking six characters cutaways and show all of them. Like, I don't know if that was just because they had so just such a glut glut of footage with all these actors that they're like, we have to shoot everybody's cutaways so that they all feel like they're having equal screen time. Or if it was just like, I don't know, but I, I definitely felt the pace in this. I think it could have if this had been like a 210, 215 hour movie, it would have moved a lot better. It would have it would have felt more fun. Um, and I don't feel like I would have missed anything like they could have just cut short so many of the of the sequences and so many of the cutaways and not not removed any shots just literally like let's just shorten them all we don't need all of them 
I'm interested to see what this movie would have felt like in 1967 when it came out. Like, what would the general vibe have been around this? Because um, I, I think it has achieved some kind of a classic stature since it has been received. Um, and I wonder how much of that is just the nostalgia of, of in the 1960s, in the early 70s. In the, I dare I say in the in the mid eighties of people like rediscovering this movie and being like yeah this is this is how war used to be and this is how men used to be and we can still I don't know random bullshit like that but I think there have been lots of movies that have tried to copy this and for a lot of that for good reason for good measure um, I again think that goes back to the the well written script this is incredibly well cast we remember about seven people um, <laughs> and those are the ones that you need to remember. <laughs> And the rest of them are, are are fucking red shirts that were just like, yeah, somebody's got to die, so let's introduce people, then just kind of breeze past them. This movie was more enjoyable than I expected for a Western. But yeah, I think there's there were some there were some interesting camera things in it. There were there were several moments where I was like, that's a hallway that would just be a normal hallway shot, and you decided to let's put a fucking chair in front of the camera. That's really interesting. All right, we're in, a, we're in a prison cell, and let's shoot from the cell above and see the other dude's feet so you feel a little sense of context. I like those kinds of things in movies, and I think this movie does it a lot um, and does it pretty well. Is it a perfect movie? Not by any means, but it's definitely worth watching. I'm, I'm glad I finally got to it uh, as a dad watching a dad favorite movie. Uh, I'm going to call it an 8.5. It's pretty solid. 8.5. All right. What, what, what we got? We got a 9. We got an 8. 8.5. Uh, I'm, I'm going to come in at a 9.5. I'm probably also going to knock a little bit of the the consistency with the runtime, with the, uh, I don't know. You don't really need the war game stuff is the thing. You don't need it. You don't, No, yes, you do, Brian. I, I, I'll fight, I'm, fight you I mean, it. you don't really need it. It doesn't need to be in the movie. Like... I'd rather the war game than half of the shit that happened in the tr- fucking training camp. I'm no, just man, that's say the that now. fun part of the movie, bro. That, yeah. That's that's the yeah. fun part of the movie. I, I, I know it's fun, but it is it is not needed. Like story wise, like it's that's not true. really that's needed. True. I don't know, but like I do enjoy it. Like I enjoy all these times with this character. You guys are saying this is this is long, but I mean I don't know. You know this is still shorter than Glorious Bastards, though. God damn, like, Glorious Bastards is a longer movie. Well, that's because like Tarantino felt like he could make it that long because this one's this long. He's like, well, you know what? <laughs> Entitled motherfucker. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I guess he didn't make Django, Django Unchained longer than The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. So, I mean, I don't know what that means. Oh, that was pretty fucking long too, bro. <laughs> well, this God movie cut out it. the close-ups of the lipstick and the stockings going on the feet, and that was bullshit. The and yeah. then this had like fifteen close-ups of people looking at prostitutes, <laughs> like. <laughs> But I don't know. I I like all the, the these actors. I like this group. I like their chemistry. Uh, Telly Savalas and uh, I think John Cassavetes are are the real standouts. Cian Lee Marvin and Charles Bronson do their thing. Um, I'm totally fine with. I think they're great. Um, Jim Brown and Clint Walker stand out. Yeah, it's it's just really well made movie. It's, we don't get movies like this anymore where we like live in these environments with these characters. Like we, we do the big sets, we do the big spectacle. We, we still carry that through, but like, I don't know. I know we didn't get to know all the dirty dozen, but the characters that we do get to know, you just, you're connected more to these people than you are in, into modern day action movies. 
That's fair. I mean, yeah. and maybe this is where like stereotypes are, are, are have come from, so we can do shorthand in, in action movies now, and we don't have to spend the time on that. But I don't know. That kind of destroys. It takes out the flavor from your movie a little bit, and it destroys a little bit of something. And I don't know. That, I think that's why action films today are kind of forgettable and not unique. Because mm. we remember Die Hard, and we all say Die Hard's a great fucking movie, but that's because we're running around quoting it. Because it's fucking good. When you have Alan Rickman and Bruce Willis, they have chemistry together and they're talking and they have scenes where they're communicating. So when we have these action moments and they deliver that one line that's a setup in the, in, in the conversation that they had previously, it's exciting and it's funny. And it's like, oh, yeah. And that's what this movie has. And so many movies today don't. Hmm. Jared, I feel like you want to say something. Yippee-ki-yay. <laughs> Mother- motherfucker. <laughs> Sticking to my nine point five. What if Rotten Oh, amoral on the surface and exuding testosterone, the Dirty Dozen utilizes combat and its staggering cast of likable scoundrels to deliver uh, raucous entertainment. You like me because I'm a scoundrel. Rotten Tomatoes certifies the Dirty Dozen as fresh with an eighty-one percent. Uh, tomato meter and a ninety percent audience score. Damn! Oh, wow! All right, all them dads are voting on IMDb. Yeah, man. All right. So with that, you've been listening to the Movie Crew Podcast. If you want to get in touch with us, you can do so by sending us an email to moviecrewpod at gmail dot com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Movie Crew Pod. Jared, where can the audience follow you? Brian, the audience can follow me on Instagram at check the gate or on Twitter at Jared B Callen. And Mike, where can they find you? I am on Instagram at Griggsy Media. That's G-R-I-G-G-S-Y Media. And Kristen, where can they find you? You can find me on Instagram at Kristen Magdalene. That's Kristen with the K-N-N-I. And you guys can find me on Twitter at Elkins Edits. And uh, be sure to join us next week for more 60s action. We're going to do Blood and Black Lace. It's going to be amazing. Mario Bava, slasher film, whodunit, and fucking all these different colors with mannequins. It's oh, going to be color? Oh, God. Okay. It's, it's, it's so scary, and it's short. You guys hear so that? It's, it's, it's short. It's, it's, not under, too short it's under 90 minutes. Wow. Oh, wow. Ooh. You heard it here first. It's like Men in Black 2, like bro. I already can tell <laughs> I'm going to be wanting more. I don't know. Yeah. Just like Men in Black 2. Like, damn, that was quick. Well, it's all about uh, uh, an, uh, an Italian. Um, every, everything takes place in a, an Italian uh, a model fashion house. So you'll appreciate oh. it, Kristen. I'm excited. At, at, at least for that. Uh, so we're going to be closing out the show tonight with. Uh, da, 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 what are we going to do? Uh, I think we're going to do track number two, the main titles. Uh, and this is from composer Frank Duvall. Enjoy. Enjoy.